Hello, everyone. This is Mike with the Crucial Talks podcast. Hope your new year has started off strong. This episode is a natural continuation of last week's episode on stress. Today, we want to dive a bit deeper into the broader category of stress and talk about an issue that plagues organizations all over the world, employee burnout. In April of 2017, the Harvard Business Review reported that employee burnout resulted in annual costs between $125 billion and $190 billion. This came from both psychological and physical problems. I would also add that employee burnout can also lead to social problems. But then again, I also believe social solutions can help us. To start our conversation, I've grabbed some audio from a movie that I swear must have had a social scientist write the script. But this was no normal social scientist. I think this social scientist must have understood the role of prototypes in creating social identities and penned all the characters as prototypes. To give it that over-the-top feel, but at the same time allowing all of us normal social creatures to see pieces of our own lives. To see the roles that we play and to see the identities we have to deal with from others in all of these characters and the situations they find themselves in. So this movie is one of my most favorite, hey, it's a weekend, I have two hours to kill movies, right after Top Gun and Napoleon Dynamite. This movie is Office Space. So if you look up the movie Office Space, you will see it has a pretty strong following. Now, let's throw on our lens of identity to kind of understand why we could use this movie for the purposes of this episode. Remember, identity are those rules we adopt and play to make decisions and understand the world around us. Think about Office Space and why it has such a strong following. Even though the characters work in an imaginary software company, we're able to engage with them through story. Even though their story is comedy and a little further out on the fringes than what we normally deal with in our own organizations, we still understand their story. Why is that? It's because a lot of the characters are the prototypes of the roles we see in our own lives. Lumberg the boss, a small group of friends at work that trust each other. How we swap roles slightly when we go to a co-worker's barbecue. The way our behavior and dress can change when we get promoted or transition to a new job. All these things that are kind of over the top in office space, we deal with in our own lives. We see a little bit of ourselves, a little bit of our coworkers, a little bit of our friends in each of these characters and in the situations they have to deal with. So in these next few clips that I grabbed from Office Space, think about some of the roles that you've played, some of the roles you've seen your friends play, some of the roles you see in your workplace. And then we're going to talk about it a little bit deeper to see how those roles can impact employee burnout, how they can build resilience. Hello, Peter. What's happening? Uh, we have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about that. I, I forgot. Mmm, yeah. You see, we're putting the cover sheets on all TPS reports now before they go out. Did you see the memo about this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I have the memo right here. I just, uh, forgot. But, uh, it's... Not shipping out till tomorrow, so there's no problem. Yeah. If you could just go ahead and make sure you do that from now on, that would be great. And uh, I'll go ahead and make sure you get another copy of that memo. Okay? Yeah, no, I, I, I have the memo. I've got it. It's right. Hello, Bill. Discovered a Spanish shipwreck mm-hmm. off the coast 
Milton. Hi. Uh, could you turn that down just a little bit? Well, I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume from 9 to 11. Yeah, no, no, I, I know you're allowed to. I, uh, I was just thinking maybe like a, you know, personal favor. Well, I, 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 I told Bill that if, if Sandra's going to listen to her headphones while she's, while she's falling, then I should be able to listen to the radio while I'm collating. Uh -huh. So I don't see why okay. I should have to turn down the radio because yeah, all right, okay. I enjoy listening at a reasonable volume. Thanks. From 9 to 11. No. Hi, Peter. What's happening? We need to talk about your TPS reports. Yeah, the cover sheet, I know. I know. Uh, Bill talked to me about it. Yeah. Did you get that memo? Yeah, I got the memo. And I understand the policy, and the problem is just that I forgot the one time, and I've already taken care of it, so it's not even really a problem anymore. Ah, yeah. It's just we're putting new cover sheets on all the TPS reports before they go out now, so if you could go ahead and try to remember to do that from now on, that'd be great. Our protagonist, Peter. Poor Peter. So, he didn't do his TPS reports. Had to make sure they got the memo. A couple of bosses came by talking to him. And what do we gain from that? What can we see is happening to Peter here? Well, one thing we can look at is a study or a set of studies done in 2002 and 2003 that said there were three elements that were important to understanding burnout. One is when a person feels like they're achieving things of no value, that they're not doing anything that's, that's really an accomplishment. The second thing is being tired and worn out, fatigued. And the third thing is just gaining the sense of indifference or apathy, not caring a whole lot about what you're doing. And we're starting to see that with Peter. If you look into employee burnout, You'll probably find that a lot of organizations, maybe even your own, deal with employee burnout as a personnel problem or a personal problem. What this means is they either think they hired the wrong person with the wrong talents and an inability to handle the job, or they hired someone who just didn't fit. There is some value in looking at employee burnout through these lenses. And in fact, if you do a little research, most of the ideas on how to deal with employee burnout focus on one or both of these areas. But today, I think we need to change our lens a little bit and take just a little different approach to employee burnout. I'd like to look at this as a social identity issue, something we can deal with through groups and through teamwork, an approach that lets us look at employee burnout as a systems issue that we can deal with through what we understand as capacity building. By doing this, it kind of lets us do two things. First, it lets us examine the issue of burnout as a group problem. And second, it gives us a way to look at a very complex problem in a more simple way by using the identities people adopt to understand themselves and the world around them. We can start to understand how we can have a positive impact through this understanding of group belonging and through this understanding of the roles that we play. In other words, burnout, like stress, is something that we as social animals can deal with as social animals. We were never solitary animals that hunted on our own and lived on our own by ourselves. We needed others. We've always been social animals. So to me, it only makes sense to deal with some of our most common problems the same way we have been dealing with problems for eons, and that is as a group. So what happens if we don't do that? What happens if we don't take action? What happens if we don't build this capacity in our systems to deal with employee burnout? 
Well, we'll end up losing employees. We'll end up not being as effective in our organizations and in our groups. So let's go back to Peter and let's listen to how he is going to end up dealing with this burnout problem and see if this is helpful or not to your organizations. My guess is probably not. So where do you uh, work, Peter? In a tech. And yeah, what, what do you do there? I sit in a cubicle and I update bank software for the 2000 switch. What's that? Well, see, they wrote all this bank software and uh, to save space, they used two digits for the date instead of four. So like 98 instead of 1998. Uh, so I go through these thousands of lines of code and uh, it doesn't really matter. I, uh, I don't like my job and uh, I don't think I'm gonna go anymore. You're just not gonna go? Yeah. Won't you get fired? I don't know. But I really don't like it, and uh, I'm not gonna go. <laughs> so you're gonna quit? Nah, -uh, not really. Uh, I'm just gonna stop going. Again, poor Peter. Burned out. Not feeling like he's achieving anything of value. Being tired and worn out. Indifferent. Apathetic. All these things that I think you and I could agree we've seen, maybe even in ourselves, but definitely in the organizations we've worked in. And there's a good lesson from Peter here. He's suffering from burnout. The organization is suffering because he just doesn't want to go anymore. And this, this level of burnout, this happens all the time. It can lead to a couple of things. First, the organization can lose an employee. Ten years ago, this may not have been as big of an issue because unemployment was high and there were a lot of people looking for work. But today, the unemployment rate is only 4.1%. Full employment is 4%. So we can't accept an employee just wanting to leave because it's so hard to get people back into our organizations. There are more people leaving their jobs than there are losing their jobs. I'll say that again. More people are leaving jobs than are losing jobs. This is because the job market is hot. And if people don't feel a sense of achievement, if they feel tired, if they just don't care anymore, they'll go somewhere else. So let's take a little deeper look into Peter's feelings. Slidell, this is my associate, Bob Porter. Hi, Bob. Bob, you go ahead and grab a seat and join us for a minute or two. You see, what we're actually trying to do here is we're just, we're trying to get a feel for how people spend their day at work. So if you would, would you walk us through a typical day for you? Yeah. Great. Well, I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. Uh, I use the side door. That way Lumber can't see me. <laughs> and uh, after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Tell uh, uh, space out? Yeah. I just stare at my desk. But it looks like I'm working. I do that for uh, probably another hour after lunch, too. I'd say in a given week, I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Uh, Peter, would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something about TPS reports. Uh, the thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. And here's something else, Bob. I have eight different bosses right now. I beg your pardon? Eight bosses. Eight? Eight, Bob. So that means that when I make a mistake, I have eight different people coming by to tell me about it. That's my only real motivation, is not to be hassled. 
that and the fear of losing my job, but you know, Bob, that'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Would you bear with me for just a second, please? Okay. What if, and believe me, this is so <laughs> hypothetical, but what if you were offered some kind of a stock option equity sharing program? Would that do anything for you? I don't know, I guess. Listen, I'm gonna go. Uh, it's been really nice talking to both of you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. The pleasure's all on this side of the table, trust me. Good luck with your layoffs, all right? I hope your firings go really well. Excellent. Great. Wow. So how do we deal with this issue of employee burnout? In my opinion, one of the best ways is to deal with it before it becomes a problem. And we can do this just like we can do a lot of things in our organizations and on our teams. We can do it by building the capacity to deal with the issue, the capacity to deal with stressful work environments by avoiding three elements of burnout. And those three elements were lack of achievement, fatigue, and apathy. By creating a positive identity that people can join, we can have a positive impact. We can build the capacity to prevent burnout. Think of a couple of your achievements. When you accomplish that achievement, why did you feel good about it? In many cases, achievements give us the best feelings and come with stronger emotions when we are recognized in front of peer groups, when we know that what we did benefited those we are closest to, when we have the support of those that mean the most to us. And what about fatigue? Have you ever worked out by yourself and just didn't feel like doing it anymore, so you left the gym early? I think we've all been there. But have you ever been working out in a group where you're, you're tired when you get there, you just don't feel like doing it, but you do it anyway, and you actually end up leaving the gym feeling better and more invigorated at the end of the workout just because you're with others? Look at what people can accomplish in things like Tough Mudder runs, Spartan races, CrossFit workouts, military boot camp. Being with other people and feeling a part of the group helps to prevent those feelings of fatigue. We are stronger when we're together than we are by ourselves. And the same thing goes for apathy. It is really hard to not care about the goals you need to achieve when people are depending on you. Groups are powerful. As an individual, you may care less if that project gets completed, if a report is released without any typos, or if a goal is met. But as a member of a group, it is very hard to be apathetic, no matter how small or boring a goal may be. People do not want to let others down. So the stronger we can make the group identities in our organizations, the better we can deal with burnout. And this means we need to consider the roles in our organizations. Can you see what is happening with Peter and his coworkers because of the silos that are formed between management and workers, between workers with one responsibility and workers with another responsibility? If we can create superordinate identities and goals that transcend those silos, we gain even more effective and happy workplaces. In other words, higher levels of team esprit and group membership reduces stress. Lower levels of social belonging cause distress. And if you remember from last week's episode, distress is the negative mirror image of you stress, that positive stress. And it's something we want to avoid. So try to think of ways to create roles people can play that are positive. They give them the chance to join with others in a positive way, and you'll see that social belonging can prevent the three legs of the employee burnout stool, lack of accomplishment, fatigue, and apathy. As always, thanks again for listening to the episode. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. I appreciate the support. 
if you can, I'm still trying to build a bigger community of people to learn from, people to talk with, people to share experiences with. So if you could rate the podcast, give it a good review, and share it with anybody you think might might gain some value from it, that'd be great, greatly appreciated. You can always contact me by going to the CrucialTalks.com website and making contact with me via email, the contact form. You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Thanks again for listening. Hope you have a great week. And remember, if we want to understand behavior, we need to understand what drives people. Thanks.